0: 75 years ago this weekend on the 25th of April 1945 the last of the white buses carrying liberated women prisoners left Ravensbrück concentration camp in northern Germany on board was Irish woman Sister Kate McCarthy, who worked in the French Resistance during World War II and since 1941 had endured the terror and cruelty of the Gestapo and the Nazi prison system. To talk about the life of Kate McCarthy, I'm joined now by historian and author Catherine Fleming, who's been researching her story for two years. Cathy, you're very welcome indeed to The History Show. So tell us a bit about her background, where she was from and how she ended up in France in the first place.
1: Well, Sister Kate or Catherine Anne McCarthy, she was born on the 17th of December 1895 to Daniel and Mary McCarthy. She was their first child and they lived in a place called Drumminidi or Drumminidi North near Drimileague in County Cork. She would always be known as Sister Kate, and she was the eldest of nine children. She had an uncle who was a priest, so I'm not sure if that was her inspiration, but she joined the Franciscan nuns in 1913. She was only 18 years old, and she took the religious name Marie Laurence, and she would spend the first of her years as a young nun in the Great War, nursing soldiers and civilians in a little town north of Paris called Bethune, so that's how she arrived in France.
0: Now, the town of Bethune was decimated by the Germans in 1918 and Sister Kate, along with uh, the other nuns, were evacuated. And from there, I know she traveled to Monroe, Louisiana with some sisters and set up a hospital there. But she actually returned to France just when the country had fallen to the Nazis in 1940, getting involved then with the fledgling resistance movement there. Tell us a little bit about that resistance movement, because there were a number of women involved in it.
1: Oh, there were. That's the amazing point for me. I love women's history. So, The leader of the group, for want of a better word, who set it up would have been Sylvette Leleu. And she was a garage owner. Her husband had been shot down by the Germans in 1939. He was a reconnaissance pilot for the French. And she, of course, was upset and hated the Bosch and left her two children with her mother and returned to the garage. And she traveled out to Bethune and to a POW camp that was near Bethune. So Sylvette has the transport. In the camp, she meets Sister Kate, who, as a nun, went out to treat the POWs and the injured soldiers in the camp, and they became friends. The third person in this triumvirate was a a local cafe owner called Angela Tardeville, and her cafe became the place where the soldiers would find safe haven while they were waiting to get onto the escape line. Sylvette also got the services of a young lad who was her accountant and one of her mechanics. He was only 16. His name was René Seneschal and he was her runner. So he would deliver messages, go out to the camp. Kate would pass him the information. He actually would help bring the soldiers in one of Sylvette's cars to the safe house in the cafe. As you know, the Germans divided France in two and the northern part was occupied, but the Vichy and southern part, you could travel with a little bit more ease. The aim was to get the soldiers to Marseille and then on in over the mountains and into Portugal. So this little group and Sister Kate McCarthy was instrumental in freeing, helping to escape 200 British officers and soldiers. And from October 1940, then, things begin to change. They're getting bigger and they actually amalgamate with a very important group in Paris.
0: And that important group in Paris is the Musée de l'Homme resistance group. How did they work together?
1: Well, the way they worked together was that from October 1940, as well as moving escapees to Paris, to the bigger group, Sister Kate now began to get intelligence information. She would ask questions of the British prisoners. She would translate all the information, give it to Madame Leleu, and then Renée would carry that information to Paris, where it would be sent back to England. Sister Kate When she was captured, she was really, really worried because she had got plans of Calais and Boulogne and the battlements that were set up there. So the small group joined the bigger group and in the end, both parties were betrayed. How
0: did that happen? When and how did her luck run out?
1: The first group to run out of luck, as you put it, was the Musée de l'Homme. All these people, you have to remember, they were ordinary people doing extraordinary things. A precedent was being set here. As time went on, resistance became more organized, but these were the fledgling groups. So there was a betrayer within the organization of the Musée de L'Homme. And René was captured and tortured. And his briefcase revealed addresses and information leading them to Sylvette. Sylvette was arrested two days before Kate. Kate was arrested on June the 18th 1941. So she was in the hospital and one of her male nurses. He ran down to her and he said, Kate, Sister Kate, there's a guy in the hospital and he has a very strange accent. He claims he's British and wants to get on the escape line. So Sister Kate confronts him and she calls him a spy. She said, you are a spy. You are not British. And he left. He said, oh, I'm Canadian. I'm Canadian. So she orders him to leave. And within minutes, the Gestapo arrive. They were taken to the local jail and then Sister Kate was put into solitary confinement for a year before her trial
0: was she interrogated was she tortured
1: she was in her witness statement she just says i had to endure five very difficult interrogations with the gestapo her biggest worry was that she would implicate others. And she also knew that the Gestapo knew that plans from Calais and Boulogne had been discovered, but they had made copies and these had gotten back to England and intelligence. So she was brought to trial a year, 13 months after her incarceration in solitary confinement in Lewes prison. And at her trial, she was condemned to death along with Robert Hennetton. And Robert was shot and Sister Kate Had a week of worry. Every time the door opened, she thought, is it my turn now? Am I going to be dragged out? And then she just disappeared into what became known as night and fog.
0: And it was known as night and fog because in December 1941, Hitler issued an order, the Nacht und Nebel decree or the night and fog decree ordering that political activists and resistance helpers would be imprisoned or killed now Kate along with her two friends Sylvette and uh, Angela became part of Nacht und Nebel from 1942 along with thousands of others they were to disappear into a series of prison camps and concentration camps and Kathy these Nazi prisons and concentration camps were designed not just to destroy people physically but also psychologically mentally as well
1: Absolutely. She was brought from prison to prison and each prison would go further towards Berlin. In, in all, she made a journey of 1,500 kilometres. She was very lucky in that shortly into her prison moves, she met up with Sylvette Leleu, who was, because LM is alphabetical, she ended up in the cell beside Sister Kate. And they managed to talk to each other by banging out Morse code on the pipes. And they came, eventually too, they met up with Angela of her the three women eventually made a pact that they would resist at all cost, even if it meant death. So how can you resist if you're a prisoner? Well, you can, in very little ways. One time she was uh, employed making shirts for German officers and Sister Kate said she would flush some of the buttons down the toilet. They were meant to make 40 shirts a day, they only made 20. Now they would have gotten a beating or a, a bit of a slap for that. And then she, what I think was amazing and very brave, one of the last job she was given was to make belts for German paratroopers and she said she unpicked every fifth stitch so the paratrooper would have a free fall. She was very feisty and she had a brilliant sense of humour. These women managed to get through this system by their camaraderie and their love of each other and the idea that they would survive at all costs.
0: Tell us then about Ravensbrück concentration camp. She arrived there, I think, in December 1944. What was, it, what was it like?
1: Ravensbrück was the only custom-made women's concentration camp in Germany. And Sister Kate said, we were welcomed in Ravensbrück train station by SS women and soldiers with large dogs. They put us into groups of five and drove us to the camp. They counted us many times because the Germans were never sure of their numbers. They made us wait in the yard, standing for many hours. I remember there was a big puddle in the line and women prisoners were standing around it. An old 70-year-old Belgian woman, exhausted and crippled with rheumatism, was forced to stand in that water. As she refused, she was severely beaten and that was a bad omen. That kind of set the tone for what would happen. Uh, they would be called in the morning at half four and then they would work a 12-hour shift either uh, digging sand, unloading coal from carts or going to the forest and digging up the roots of trees. Thankfully she was again reunited with her, her two friends were with her and they slept head to toe in the bunks and sister Kate actually became very ill. She contracted typhus and her comrades carried her to the infirmary on the door of a toilet. She was very, very ill. She didn't want to stay in the infirmary because in the earlier days before December that she arrived, very sick people would have been euthanized by a white powder. There are people, uh, Mary O. in her witness statement, remembers that happening. So, Over 40,000 women were there by the time Sister Kate arrived. So she recovered from her typhus. Once she could walk, she decided to discharge herself and then she found out that her two friends were gone.
0: Do we know what had happened to them?
1: They had been sent on a different transport to a concentration camp called Mathausen. And Sister Kate said she was immensely lonely. It was very hard to bear. I had to put myself together, hold tight, and fight with all my physical and moral strength that I had left. And now she was on her own and the selections had been ramped up from early January. There was now a gas chamber in Ravensbrook. It hadn't existed until the January. About 5,000 women would be sent to this before April. And so transports were nearly nightly. And what happened was, and Sister Kate mentions him quite regularly, she says the huntsman. She calls him the huntsman. So on four separate occasions, Sister Kate managed to avoid being selected for the gas chambers.
0: How did she manage to do that?
1: Well, the first time it happened, um, she said her legs were swollen, her hair was grey, and this was your passport to death. The huntsman, whom I think I'm I'm 99.9% sure it was a man called Dr. Adolf Winkelmann, he sent her to the left. So that meant she was going to have to go to the gas chamber. But it was all done in a very subtle fashion. You went to a desk and somebody gave you a pink piece of paper, and you gave them your prison number. But that pink paper, they were told, was to take you to a wonderful place called Midwerdia. So anyway, when Kate goes up the first time to the desk, the Polish lady that was taking numbers said to her, run, run, go hide, go hide, and she did. On the subsequent times, she hid under beds, and she also climbed out windows with the aid of other comrades, and they hid her in different blocks. And that's how she survived those four selections even though she had recovered from typhus was painfully weak she still had within her soul the longing to survive and sister kate remembers the day that she was liberated and it was on the last bus out of ravensbrook
0: and she's brought to malmo in sweden extremely malnourished she weighs little more than four stone. And then when she's well enough, I know she makes her way to Scotland. She goes to her brother, Dan, who's a doctor. I think she discovers at some point that Sylvette Lelou and uh, Angèle Tardeveau have survived. But uh, she then returns to Cork. And does she she recovers in Cork? She recovers her health?
1: She does, but before she went to Cork, she went back to France in 1946. She went back, actually, to the hospital where she nursed. And that was when she did the interview, which is 30 pages long of her life story from the time she worked in the hospital to her liberation from Ravensbrook. As you say, she eventually went back to Ireland. I know that her niece, Sister Breda, Sister Brida was only a little girl, but she remembers visiting Sister Kate in a farm in Tipperary. And Sister Kate was sitting under an apple tree in the sun and she had sweet in her pocket for the children. So she eventually became Mother Superior of Honan Home in County Cork, and it was for elderly gentlemen, and she spent the rest of her life here. Um, Another niece of hers, she said that Sister Kate rarely spoke about her troubles during the war. And I think this was symptomatic of most of the surviving resistors, because Charles de Gaulle really wanted French women and resistors uh, to go back to their normal lives and to make France great again and to have large families and you know I think there was a great sense of shame in France directly after the war because 1.5 million men were captive and the women although they made up about 10 to 15 percent of resistance they were instrumental in gathering the information
0: so Kathy has she been officially recognized by the by the French government for her role in the resistance
1: she has, not enough to my, in my mind, because um, I have her trial papers here in front of me, and it said she was awarded the Medallion of the Resistance by Charles de Gaulle. She also received the Pam de Victoire from the British government. In 2014, I think it was, there was a plaque unveiled in Paris in the Irish College and Sister Kate's name was added to that. And it's fitting that she should be remembered because she was an inspiration throughout her life and she still is to women and to Cork and to Ireland. She is a most amazing woman and achieved so much in her lifetime. Like even if only 150 of those 200 men survived and managed to get married and have children, it's like a massive pebble in a pond. Oh, so many people will have been saved and helped by the works of Sister Kate and her two friends.
0: Cathy Fleming, thank you for joining us this evening to tell us about the amazing woman that was Sister Kate McCarthy and marking that 75th anniversary of her liberation from the Ravensbrook concentration camp.